Welcome back to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley DiMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of August 29th, the 21st week in Ordinary Time, and we are back after a month-long unplanned hiatus. Anne, good to see you. It is so good to be back. Hi, Haley. Great to see you as well. I like how you mentioned welcome back and our unplanned hiatus. We'll talk a lot about what happened during that month today. We will also talk in our spiritual stew about um, what happens each week at the U.S. Naval Academy um, at the end, kind of a song that's important to you. And I'll talk a little bit about the Nicene Creed and what we believe. So tell me, Haley, um, August, we're, you know, the last weekend in August used to feel like summer, you know, Um Fill, fill me in. Fill I know. In. Yeah, I know. Usually um, Labor Day is kind of the um, the unofficial end to summer, I guess. But I feel sure. like, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like August is the new September. Um, or I guess, yeah, I guess that's right. August is the new September. So you've been back to work um, for a month. I uh, took a week off for vacation, but I worked most of the month as well. Um, our students aren't quite back yet. I know yours are, but... Boy, even in Arizona, school began the last week of July. So it's school's kind of creeping in on this last month of summer in most places in the country. So, um, you know, September being back to school is, it, you know, it's it's time for Halloween in September already. So oh, I know. Yeah. See, we've seen signs of that. Um, and it's funny because I was trying to explain to somebody, you know, a true semester, if you start after September, Haley, and you end at December, the first semester, that is not equal to, you know, the the spring where right. you're January to June. So I think in an effort to kind of equalize that now, yeah, it's starting to creep up now. The start date of August 25th, it's moved up to the 20th. And then all of a sudden it's moved up to the 15th and half your August is gone. And part of me resists. Well, of course I resist because as a teacher, I love summer, but I just feel like now I'm like, let's just bring in fall. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Let's, you know, summer's over. So might as well just bring in the pumpkins and bring in the PSL as we, um, as we discussed personally, the pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. Well, fall for me means uh, Halloween and candy corn. Um, I am a huge candy corn lover and I have seen it in the stores already, which this is really early for candy corn. Um, and I will, I will not buy it until October 1st. So oh, really, oh, I, oh, it, mine? oh yeah, if it's in my house, I'll eat it. So uh, okay. a month, a month of eating candy corn is about all my, my body can take. Um, yeah, yeah. The pure sugar. Oh, so good. Yeah. Cause I too love candy corn. And I remember that, that you love it. And I, I think that was one of the first things where I'm like, no, that she really is a kindred spirit. Like <laughs> she really loves candy corn too. Oh, yes, but I, I thought of you because I did see it. And then, you know, there's the pumpkins in the Brock's candy yeah, mix. Yeah, not as good. No? No. Okay. Nope. There's, yeah. And I know people think it all tastes the same, but that little white part at the bottom tastes different. I don't know. Well, we can have a semester. Bottom at the top. No, the white part is at the bottom. Oh, you think that's the top? Oh yeah, ah, like the uh, uh, yeah. Depends on the ah, interesting. Triangle, right? The okay. Oh well, that's a, triangle that is candy corn, right? That's a good debate. Is the white at the top or the bottom? Hmm. I never. Who knew? 
We yeah. could dedicate an, an episode to candy corn. Oh, for and sure. And then the brown, you know, the one with the brown and the orange and the white. No, nope. yeah. no, nope. negative. I'll eat, I'll eat that, but I'll bite the rest of it off and throw the, the brown part out. But that's... You're here, here, here. Agreed. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we're back to friends. So. I know. So we'll get, we'll, we'll leave, we'll leave um, candy corn for the fall, but I feel like we are in fall. Um, you know, it's interesting on the East Coast here, uh, Maryland just adopted this. Delaware's had it for a long time. Um, schools are mandated to start after Labor Day. Um, be- really? Public schools, they oh. are, because it's such a huge um, economic boost to the Delaware beaches, to Ocean City, yeah. Maryland. Um, you know, okay. if, if people are back in school, they're not going on vacation. And that yes. that is a, it's a huge, um, it's just a huge time for, you know, the, the economics um, and the beach economy. I can see that. Yeah, mm. so Maryland adopted that, um, which is one of the reasons I think we have started a little later. But yeah, Delaware and Maryland schools don't go back until, um, well, Tuesday, um, September 7th, which also Rosh Hashanah. So oh, this, wow. this year they're starting Wednesday, September 8th, which seems okay. very late. But yes, everything's yeah. a little wacky about the school year this year. I'm sure we will talk about that all fall. Mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting month. I did have a nice um, week-long vacation with my family, which was so nice and so needed. Um, as Good. we know, Edward was gone for two months this summer, so it was so great to have him back yeah. after working at camp. And then James left last week for um, his his first semester of his sophomore year in college. So we had just a couple weeks in between where we were all home and um, got away for a week, just the four of us, which is really nice um you know it's as they get older we it's less and less time that just the four of us are together and as i said to my kids we're not going to be a family of four forever um most likely you know we'll we'll be slowly adding others to our our little family so we treasure we treasure that family of four time which was really nice and um and then we came back to you know that Greek letter that, as I mentioned earlier, we all wish would stay on a frat house or, um, you know, for those of us of a certain age who watched Saturday Night Live probably three decades ago, the Delta, 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 can I help you, help you, help you? (laughs) Well, Delta, you can help me by going away. Yeah. So I think it's been an interesting month just with getting back to work, vacation, which was great. Um, dealing with some health issues, which are, you know, always present. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this Delta yeah. variant, I felt like we all had a normal summer and now we're kind of going back into to COVID mode and it's not making anybody very happy. No, right. It is, it's, we remain divided. It is challenging. And um, yeah, people are just operating from fear. And, you know, our faith asks us to be not afraid and, yet um, fear is so real for people. So it's interesting how people kind of work through um, their concerns and um, whatnot. So yeah, I wish we were having a different conversation, Haley. But um, that being said, we are back as well at school, um, full 1,700 students. And in the first day of class, you know, it was like, here we go again. And um, kids were, it was great to have a full classroom. Um, it was also great to be reminded of what teenagers are like in the good and the, um, you know, uh, idiosyncratic ways. For example, kid walks in totally late. 
um, very confident, very brazen, walks to a seat and uh, hands me the tardy slip. And then kids think that's funny. And then I just, out of nowhere, it's sports and spirituality class. I said, did you know in the NFL, if you're late for a meeting, you're fined? And I said, what do you think of that? That you would be fined if you're late for a class or late for a meeting. And it was like, people didn't know what to do with that. Um, you know, it's just a fun way to interact with kids. Like I they're going to do that and I'm going to give them something as well. And one kid like tried to almost like walk over his desk because he was like trying to figure out where his seat was. And, and we have to have seating charts. Obviously, part of that is COVID related because if there is an outbreak, you have to contact trace. So we have to submit a seating chart. And in, um, in the moment he tried to kind of step over the desk, I was like, I need you to walk around. And so part of it, it's annoying, but part of it is like, you know, he's a 17 year old boy and that's kind of what they do. So um, we're back, <laughs> you know? And with that, we have a lot of kids on campus. Like, I mean, it's full, full, you know, attendance. We haven't had that since March of, you know, 2020. Yeah. And then not only that, um, there's more traffic. So everything's just taking longer. So I coach a girls golf team and transport the girls and um, it's been hot and our air quality also hasn't been great. So it's just a lot of factors that kind of are, are weighing on us, not in bad ways, because we are really glad to be together, but it's just, you know, people carry a lot. We're carrying a lot. So um, there's an energy and an enthusiasm, but there's also, you know, the reality of 2021. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, in the beginning of the school year is like that anyway. It's chaotic. It's stressful. Um, you know, for a lot of these kids and teachers too, they haven't been waking up early. So it's an adjustment sure, to even right. just getting back on a schedule. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting week in our school as, you know, as we start this week too, we have um, 84 oh. new families and it's, I think we're at 112 new students. Um, so that's a lot more cars to add to our car line. That's a lot more yep. bodies in the building. That's a lot more cars in our parking lot. Um, yeah, it's gonna be an adjustment to, to just mm. be back. Now we were back full-time all year last year. So we have had a okay. full student building, but yeah. we, we have a hundred more kids in the building this year. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. feel different. Um, but still, it's exciting. I think, um, you know, just having the teachers back this past week, there was a level of energy that was really fun to see. Um, you know, we teach little kids. I know you're at a high school. I'm at a twos through eighth grade school. Um, and the little ones are just, they they bring, a, a, I don't even, it's a, it's almost like a naive joy. Yeah. Um, they don't carry the weight of the world like we all do. And, yeah. and perhaps even your high schoolers do. Yeah. Um, they're just happy and joyful. And they're so excited to see their teachers and their friends. And so we're super psyched to have the kids come back because um, they're just happy, which is great. That's so great. I think one of our jobs as adults who are around younger kids like that is to let them be happy. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. yes, they're wearing a mask. Nobody wants to wear a mask. I, there, nobody wants to wear one. <laughs> There's no one who wants to wear one. I will. Yeah. And I do want to, to keep everyone safe. But, you know, do I wish Delta wasn't here and COVID didn't exist? Of course. Um, but the kids don't feel that way. They don't have all of these crazy emotions that we do. So yeah. um, we're, I'm looking forward to that sort of unbridled joy that the kids will bring to yeah. the building. So Haley, I have a question. Um, I appreciate that you said that so loudly and clearly because I feel the same way. Do you feel, do you think people say that enough? 
how much they don't enjoy wearing a mask. So I'm at mass. We have to wear one. And the tension in my classroom is kids pull it down beneath their nose. Totally. It's, it's hard. That, that's a teenage day. thing. <laughs> uh, no, I'm with them. I mm. totally like I in mass today, I'm sitting by no one. I pull it down because I want to breathe. My gym is requiring it as well. We're back to that. We have to submit a vaccination card. And so um, I may have talked about this in June. We you know, didn't have to wear masks. So I returned to the gym. And then I just said, okay, I can't stop doing this. So when they put the mask mandate back on, I was committed to going. But it's, I don't not like working out with a mask on indoors. I have to do it. Even though everybody in the building is vaccinated, I get it. Um, so I pull it down beneath my nose too. But my question is, so maybe I'm a teenager. I, I probably could make an argument for that. But um, do you think that conversation is out there enough? I mean, is that a different approach I towards think, no, I getting think, people to get vaccinated? I, I think people are afraid to have that conversation. I mean, I fully support the mask mandates, especially in the school where I am. I, you know, I am not an anti-mask person. No, and I, please don't take it that and way. I, and I don't. And I think, but yeah. I, but I think if I say I hate wearing a mask, people take those words as I hate the fact that we have to wear a mask. Well, of course we all hate it. I gladly wear it. I actually wear it in places it's not man mandated. Um, you know, we, we actually don't have a mask mandate in Anne Arundel County where I live. There isn't one in Baltimore County, um, which is where my kids go to school. Um, so, so they do have a, a mask mandate there. We don't, but I still choose to wear one going into the grocery store or it's just, it's not that hard. Um, but I, but I hate wearing it. But I think if you say yeah. that, people think you're an anti-mask wearer. Got it. Yeah. And you know, right. unfortunately, and and we're not going to go here, of course, because our our podcast is Switzerland, as we've always said, like the fondue cheese in the pot. Yes. We yes. are yes. neutral. Uh -huh. But for better or worse, this whole thing has become very, very politicized. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so for me to say I hate wearing a mask, most people are going to hear that with a political connotation. And I actually okay. say that from no standpoint, except for, I mean, who wants yeah. to wear one? And working out, it's terrible. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I appreciate that because I've said it in class because it's very hard to, to um, teach with a mask um, in the sense of, I, I say this to my students, like literally not hopefully metaphorically, I have a big mouth. I have a big smile. I like you know, to smile. I am somebody who reacts, you know, and to have limited, you know, I smile through my eyes a little bit, but like to not have students see that to me is like, I want them to know I care. I laugh. Like I am leaning in to like give them, you know, feedback. Um, so I don't like wearing the mask because it's, again, I have to be more vocal. I can't hear a lot of kids. Um, other sure. kids can't hear them. And I, I guess I say it because I want us, you know, I'm hopeful that we can turn the tide on this so that we don't have to wear the mask um, in the future. So that's, I appreciate what you're saying. Cause I, I say it from a place of like, let's together get there so we can get rid of this. Like yes. the reality is I don't like the mask, but it's not a political thing. It's this, it's the inhibition. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And when you think about again, you know, my little kids at my school who are learning to speak and learning to read yeah. and learning to enunciate, yeah. it's um, you know, it's a critical part of of just those kind of fundamental building blocks for our littlest learners. But 
yeah, no, nobody likes the mask. We all wear it gladly. Well, you know, we wear it gladly, but, um, no, none of us like it. I would say for myself, I wear it dutifully. Dutifully. Yes. Yeah. Not beautifully, dutifully. (laughs) That's a good one. I follow the rules. Um, yes. So anywho, well, yeah. Well, we're back to school, back to life a little bit with fall comes sports, which, um, or it comes football, um, but the return to sports too. So you're kind of doing a double whammy here. You had golf in the spring and now you're doing golf in the fall right away again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, girls golf is in the fall. Um, girls are happy to be back and, um, I have a really talented crew this year. So that's, that's exciting. And, um, like we got to play a practice round yesterday and, um, it's been, it's been great. So looking forward to that, but we had, you know, we have a lot of girls that came out and, um, I really believe in golf and I think it's a great game. So I'm glad they're, they're out and, you know, other sports are in full, full, um, force. Um, however, like for example, our football team was supposed to play central Catholic in Modesto and they drove there and then the air quality did not allow them to play. So that, you know, non-league match was uh, canceled and they were going to try to have it on Saturday, but again, the air quality prevented that. So, um, you know, I know schools in Reno that their air quality has been over 600. They haven't had sports in weeks. So again, something that we're not taking for granted. Um, So we have that, but we also have, you know, this time of year is exciting because there are so many sports um, going on. We have, you know, in MLB, this is always just an exciting time because teams that are on the verge of the playoffs, you know, making a run for, to get in, um, like the New York Yankees are hot right now. Atlanta's really hot, but the hottest team in baseball is my team, uh, San Francisco oh, Giants. Man. And I'll talk a little bit about baseball and spiritual stew. So it's been awesome because nobody predicted this. The big prediction was the LA Dodgers because they have so much talent, but they're doing something right here in San Francisco and it's really interesting. So that's exciting. And then, you know, it's a fun time of year because college football starts to take off and then we have the NFL and um, I don't know if you ever watch hard knocks Haley, but it's the Dallas Cowboys. It's they basically follow an NFL team. Okay. And I've enjoyed it the last few years. Last year was the Rams and the chargers, but it was a really interesting year because they were navigating everything with COVID right. And no fans and whatnot. This year is different. Um, but I'm just not a Dallas Cowboys fan, so I'm not enjoying it like I had in prior years. Interesting. It's interesting how a team yeah. can make a difference like that. Right? And yeah. the leadership. I mean, really, to yeah. me, it's, I'm not a fan of the head coach. I'm not a fan of the owner, Jerry Jones. Um, it's it's an interesting, like, kind of deep dive into a culture. So for those people who are kind of interested in something like that or pro football, it's it's fun to watch in that way, just to kind of observe. But so, yeah. but so, you know, maybe when you watch it, you'll find things that you want to learn to not do. You know, there's always, there's yes, always, things, there's always things to learn. But yeah, yesterday was kind of a fun day for me because we watched um, college game day in the morning, which just feels like fall and familiar and makes me happy sure. to see it. And then, um, you know, of course, my Ravens played their last preseason game last night. Uh, it was the first one I was actually able to watch. It's preseason. So, you know, what does it mean? Well, it means you lose one of your starting running backs when he hurts his MCL and is now out for the season. So that's not fun. 
Um, but it's uh, the Ravens just won their 20th straight preseason game. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why okay. that means anything to anybody except. Yeah, but to the diehard fans. It's it a does. new record. Yeah. So in all of the NFL, they just, uh, they were tied. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. they were tied with the Green Bay Packers at 19 and then won last night to um, have, huh. yeah, the longest preseason winning streak. Why we even keep track of that, I don't know. Um, but. It's it makes you excited for the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, I'm um, keeping track of the speaking of keeping track of things. Um, my, I, I didn't mention this. My brother got married in August, um, first week in August. So we were able to go to his wedding and it was great. The next day after his wedding, <laughs> he was moving out of his apartment where he moved in with his wife Um and so we were packing things up and books and he's a huge reader, but he tracks when he starts a book and when he finishes it. Oh, and I thought that was super interesting because, um, and he found, he has found that he reads even more, which I thought was very interesting. So I, I don't, I just, I really don't know one area of life where tracking it's a, it's a discipline. I don't know if I'd make the argument it's a spiritual discipline, but it might be when people track their money, when they track, like a friend of mine is very involved in Weight Watchers and it's about tracking what you eat mm -hmm. and that is what helps her succeed. So um, there's no doubt about it. Tracking helps us to reach our goals. So I thought that was really interesting. Maybe yeah. that's a tip or a hack for our listeners to, you know, when you start a book, um, when do you finish it? Yeah. Interesting. And that'd be interesting maybe in the new year. Isn't it cool? Yeah. yeah. So I, I like do, that. for example, I do 21 minutes of reading every morning. I have kept that. I think I've talked about it before 21 in 2021 and I've loved it. And, um, I do read, I finish books way faster. Now I'm somebody who in the past has been in the middle of like eight books. So now I'm finally like trying to finish up those missing parts. If I deem it worthy of, you know, Gretchen Rubin, who has a podcast, says don't finish every book that you read if, if you don't. She's not of the mindset. If, if it's not your thing, then don't finish it. But there's certain ones where I'm like, no, I need to finish it. So I also need to track it. Yeah. Now, are you are you a non-finisher book? Do you not finish books? Have you ever not finished a book you started? Oh, I could probably pull out like seven books over at my nightstand. So, for example, Black Domers. Um, is the collection of essays through yep. the decades of Notre Dame alumni who are Black, Black Americans. Um, I can't even believe, it is so good. It is challenging, it's inspiring, it's real, it's authentic. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed every profile. So that's an easy one to pick up and put down, but that would be an example where I started it because oh. we had the shared read, but I didn't finish it. So I'm about to finish it. About three years ago, I started Malcolm X's autobiography, and it's hard. It's challenging. He's he's very direct and blunt, um, which is good. I mean, I again, it's a different um, philosophy than my own, but um, I'm halfway through that one. I, I don't know that I'll finish it. Um, it's it's very long, so so you're maybe not obviously. <clears throat> Yeah, so maybe that's my. I mean, I for I listen to most books. I I very rarely am oh, actually right. reading a hard uh -huh. copy. Um, and maybe it maybe I just uh, maybe I I don't think I've ever not finished a book. However, I'm not sure I've ever picked one up that was too long for me to read. <laughs> I guess I'm really picky about the books that I read, but um, yeah. 
that's yeah, that's interesting. But I know a number of people who just, you know, if it doesn't capture them in the first several chapters, they just put it down. And yeah. I've always found that fascinating. They, yeah. They say, if you want to read more, they say, do that because why slog through something? I agree with that, actually. If it doesn't capture you, then why keep reading it? But so. It's out there then, you yeah. know, it's like in your psyche, I guess. Then the, the journal in that way would crush me because it would be like, whoa, I started this, you know, three years ago. So maybe right. I would finish it. Right. Interesting. Yeah. That would be interesting if you wrote it down. That That's going to be on my takeaway. Maybe I'll, I'll create my, my book log. It'd okay. be fun, you know, it'd be fun to think of what I've read this year. So, and then there's the whole journals and, you know, magazines too, that interrupt all the other reading, but so it is, yeah, it's interesting this year, we're getting a little off topic and that's okay. We can move on to our spiritual stew. But um, one of the scheduling changes we made at our school this year is we are doing a reading zone. So Love every it. day there is a built in 25 minute period for pleasure reading. Love. Can't be Love academic. It. It's for teachers, staff, students. It. Yeah, it's it's I'm looking forward to it. Um, I will take a hard SSR. copy book that I read. Um but yeah, I, um, yeah, I've never, we've never done something like that before, but it's really hard, especially for students, especially for teachers. I would imagine during the school year, they're so busy. Who has time to read for pleasure? Um, so I think it's great to, yeah, to give the students that time too. It's really, it's nourishing for the mind. I mean, it's like, it is like physical fitness, right? For your mind. Yes. Um, maybe we need to really reframe how we propose reading to Americans. I am concerned, Haley, I am concerned about critical thinking skills. I've noticed that some of just the arguments that we're trying to contend in class. I'm like, that is like some, like I will have a prompt and I'll have students respond, agree and disagree. And I don't want their opinion. I just say, what are the positives? What are the negatives? And I have been concerned. So, you know, Reading, um, it increases empathy. Reading, you know, gets us outside of ourselves, but it also develops our ability to think critically. So um, congrats to St. Anne's. St. Anne's, right? Yeah, St. Anne's. That's interesting. that in the schedule. It's yeah. awesome. Great. No, that's good to hear. I, well, I mean, it's, I'm sorry to hear that from you from a yeah. high school perspective, but, um, you know, it's really interesting. I, of course, was a high school teacher and my background is secondary education, but um, you know, the more time I spend in, in this, you know, these elementary school years, you realize how critical these years are in terms of building just habit, you know, foundational habits and, you know, that love of learning that everybody talks about. That's not all of a sudden going to magically happen in high school. Um, it might yeah. for some, it might happen in college for some, but uh, yeah, I think we really have to capture these little guys when when yeah. they are still, you know, the massive sponges that they are. Yeah, good. So. I'm glad. Yeah, I think your perspective is right on. So, all right. Yeah. So my spiritual stew is a little different this year or this week, although it feels like it's been a year since we've we've uh, been on this podcast. So <laughs> certainly the the events in Afghanistan, I'm sure, have been weighing on everyone's hearts. Certainly mine um, these past several days, but. There is a song, you know, we attend mass at the Naval Academy. Um, they have a, 
a, a Catholic mass on on Sundays for um, really it, it's open to the public. It's primarily for the midshipmen. A lot of midshipmen are there, but there's a lot of the public that's there too. And they sing a hymn at the end. Um, they actually sing it after all church services that they have there, not just Catholic mass. And um, it's kind of, it's not their alma mater, um, but it's sung at the end of a service and and many services Um, like Notre Dame, we sing our alma mater at the end of of our services when we're on campus. Um, But I'll, I will read the, I'll post a link to the full song. I will read the words from the second verse. Um, and it goes, Eternal Father, grant, we pray, to all Marines both night and day, the courage, honor, strength, and skill, their land to serve thy law fulfill. Be thou the shield forevermore from every peril to the core. So, of course, the Marine Corps is part of the, the Navy. Um, it's part of the U.S. Navy. I actually didn't know that till I moved to Annapolis. Um, so we have plenty of midshipmen when they come through the Naval Academy, um, you know, when they're looking at service selection, many of them choose to go Marines. Some of them, many of them choose to, um, you know, take various jobs within the Navy. Um, but you know, we are not a military family. We have, you know, aunts and or uncles and cousins who have served in, in various capacities, but, um, you know, Jamie and I and our kids aren't active, active Navy. Um, but we have these midshipmen who have been at our house, you know, for the last 18 years and we love them and they become part of our family and they are serving in the Marine Corps. And, yeah. you know, when something like this happens, it's, you know, I usually will send out a text and just say, hey, just checking in because it's always a few days before names are released. Um, and it's it. I, I don't know these young men and women who were killed recently last week. But I know a lot of kids like them, and I say kids because they're all most of them are young. Um, but I know I know I know what these Marines are like, and I know how committed they are to their country, and how committed they are to doing what they are asked to do, and they don't question it, um, or they don't question the politics behind it. You know, they mm. they are there to serve, and they are putting their lives out there every day, and. I, again, don't know, you know, our our fall Marines from last week, but I know my Marines and I, I would be crushed to think of what the, their families would be going through and and what these families must be going through. So I love the hymn. It's, it's one of the few songs that makes me very emotional when I hear it. I just, it's very powerful in, in, in song form and not just the words. Um, but I've always loved it. And, you know, we really do need to remember to pray for our service men and women all the time and not just when something like this happens. So the Marines have been on my heart and mind, and um, that will certainly be part of my my takeaway. Um, you know, my, yeah. my melting pot is to continue to pray for these service men and women yeah. because... They are choosing, they are making the choice every day to, to put themselves in harm's way. And I don't know yeah. how many people would do that. Yeah, you know, we, we kind of talked about calling and um, yeah, and service. And that's really what, yeah, these men and women, they must have, they feel drawn to serve. And um, thank God for that. They're, um, they bear witness to, I think, yeah, something very powerful. And I think it's great that they, have conviction. Um, 
and that relates to my piece of the spiritual stew. Um, I want to just talk about the Nicene Creed because in the Nicene Creed, um, which is a profession of faith. So it's basically asking you to profess what you believe. And, you know, we say this, I say, I say it with conviction and the opening line, you know, is I believe in God, the, um, the father almighty maker of heaven and earth. And, you know, just when I'm teaching young people, it's like, this is the core stuff. Like when we stand behind a creed, this is what you yourself have to say, is this really what, in terms of being a Catholic Christian, do you believe in this? You know, because I teach an ethics class and a moral issues, and many Catholics disagree on some of the moral teachings, but really at the heart of it is what we have in this creed. And starting with just, do you believe in God, right? And one of the lines is that God is the creator of all things visible and invisible. And I love that because that line, um, I use on the first day of class, I believe in things visible and invisible. And I just ask them, do you believe in things that are invisible? And I do. I I think like the line of St. Francis captures it. I believe when we, it is in giving that we receive. And, you know, I, I almost like acted out, like, how is that possible that when I give something, I actually receive something like, like if we were to take, make it like a math equation, literally I go from one to zero. I have nothing right? I hold nothing when I give you something, but I've gotten something. So I can't see what I've gotten, right? That's the invisible, or I know that my parents love me, right? And eventually it shows itself in deeds, but how do I know that, you know, like I can't see love, but I feel it and I know it's real. Um, And I just think that's a good question to ask young people, like, do you believe in things visible and invisible? I mean, especially in today's world where we always want proof and Oh my gosh, the whole science is real thing, you know, there's that piece. And, but it's like, I don't, spirituality, according to Richard McBride, is about there's more to life than meets the eye. So there's that part of it. But then there's the second question. I would, I want them to, to state what they believe in. And, you know, one of the questions I asked is, do you believe in the United States of America? Like, do you believe in what this country, who we are and what we're trying to do? And I think it can be hard. And right now it's hard to believe in the United States of America because I think we have a moral obligation to help these Afghanis who helped us while we were there and that we may be leaving behind, um, whether they're translators or um, men or women protecting us. Um, We say, you know, we play an interesting role in the world. do we believe in that? And, you know, not just that, but there's a lot of things like, do you believe in, do you believe in miracles? Um, a lot of young people say, I believe everything happens for a reason. Um, I think there's, that's a, you know, starting point, but I think there's, I want to go a little deeper with that, but um, I use the example of the field of field of dreams because that's really kind of the underlying belief there because Ray Kinsella hears a voice and then he sees these baseball players, but not everyone can see them. And that's what prompts him to build this baseball field. Right. So he has a calling, he has conviction and um, yeah, it's not necessarily in service, but it kind of is about relationships and um, healing and whatnot. So I think it's a fun way to think about um, what we're asked to stand behind. Yeah, you know what? I'm listening to you say all this, and I'm thinking, what that? What a gift to your students. Um, hearing you talk, or t- these times like these, when I really miss being in the classroom, 
Um, mm. You know, it's certainly why I love what I do when I speak and meet with students that way. Um, yeah. But you have, I, you have such an opportunity to really pause with these students and have them really think about very important issues. Um, and when you think of teenagers, they, they're busy, they're superficial, um, not all of them, but they all, but they all are in part, right? That's not all they have, but they are all worried about what they're posting, what they're wearing, what their friends are doing, what they're not being invited to, you know, there's, they got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Um, but for you to be able to take them into a classroom and pause and have them really think about just words that they say and they know yeah. um, that are very familiar to them that they've probably said hundreds yeah. of times without really pausing to think, um, you know, just what a gift that is to just kind of have them take a deep breath and reflect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't, we, we live in a really busy world and, and we're all guilty of it. I mean, I certainly yeah. am. And, you know, it's probably why I have been so run down this last month and, you yeah. know, you know, cause we're yeah. all going, 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 but yeah, right. that, that time for yeah. reflection is, um, yeah. is what we should be doing. Certainly during yeah. mass, you know, there's yeah. times when I'm, <sighs> my mind is elsewhere. Um, but you know, that's, that's a gift and a grace that we have that we, we really need to be better about utilizing. Well, you know, and I would imagine most of our listeners, Haley, are people of faith. And, you know, I think that's an argument for me. I mean, that's one of the reasons I, you know, continue to practice my faith because I need the structure, you know, whether it's the journal where I'm account, like accounting for my, you know, what I've read or what I do, you know, it's every Sunday I can mark, like, am I participating in this? Because I do, I am concerned and, you know, I, be interested to hear from other people, like so many friends that don't practice faith. Okay. So what do you believe? I just don't want people to go through this life and just kind of, you know, what is, you know, I know people, family is important. Great. But like beyond our family, like what, what do you stand for? You know, what do you stand behind? Like, I mean, I think we all should be asking, do you believe the United States of America? Um, we're citizens of this place, <laughs> you know, or do you, I, do you believe in money? I guess, is that what the belief is? Like, I, I just want some, a sense of where people are. So, well, and that's a great takeaway for our melting pot. I mean, certainly you and I and our praying friends will be keeping the, the military and our country and, you know, all of those in harm's way in our prayers this week. But I also think a great takeaway for us this week is to is to take some time in reflection. You know, as we're saying, yeah. you know, any prayers that we have or even, you know, as we're reciting prayers in mass or tonight at Vespers, are we really listening to the words? Um, so not just listening, but reflecting and digesting and yeah. um, taking them to heart. I think maybe our, our challenge and takeaway for this week is to to pause, you know, to do what we're asking your students to do, which is reflect yeah. um, and to reflect ourselves um, yeah. a little bit. I agree. And I think, you know, maybe in that process, I, th I have found people, young people, people our age, oftentimes the people we respect the most are people of conviction. Now that's a, that could probably be a, a tricky dance because some people it's too much. It's kind of like this 
you know, delicate balance. But I'd like to think this week, like, who are the people that I look to because they do stand for something? And what is it that they stand for and how do they live their lives? Because I think they kind of point the way for us. So I will, um, this week for my takeaway, I'd like to pray for those people and just kind of look to their example of what it is that they have or hold as important. Um, and one of those people is my coworker, Mary. She, um, like, for example, she just says out and out, I love, I have the greatest job in the world. I'm a high school religion teacher. And <laughs> she really means it. Um, and she's going to Lourdes this week. So um, she has the neurological condition. It's compromised her ability to be mobile in the sense of walking in the way that she once did or running. Um, so she's talked to her students about pilgrimage and what she's seeking, you know, spirit, healing, whether it's spiritual, physical, or you know, emotional. So I'd like to pray for her, ask everybody to pray for Mary and her mother who will be going to Lourdes and all the, um, you know, what are they, pilgrims and their malads. So. Oh, that's awesome. I will keep Mary and her travels in my prayers as well. And all of our listeners, we are super glad to be back. Um, and we look forward to meeting up again with you next week and have a great week. Have a great week at school, Haley. And um, yeah, look forward to hearing about the fruit of all that sustained silent reading. So, sounds, sounds yep. great. <laughs> okay.